Hey everyone, welcome to City Church OTR's Sermons Podcast. Here you will find all of the sermons and teachings that are given at our Sunday services. We also have our original City Church OTR podcast, which has more conversations, interviews, and more interactive content. As always, we would love to meet you. Check out our Instagram to see what we're doing this week and our website, citychurchotr.com, to meet one of our pastors. Enjoy. miracle happened. I got up here without falling. Um, the next one will be if my earring doesn't fall off during this time. It might happen. We'll see. Um, all right, let's pray before we get started. Dear Lord, thank you for worship and how it draws us in to you. Um, thank you for being present in this space um, for moving in this space. Thank you for um, pressing things on people's hearts to follow. Um, Father, I pray over this message today um, just that it would be more of you and less of me, and that you would speak, and that anything that is not of you would be forgotten. Um, and I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for Jesus. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. All right, so I, um, some of you may know, I lived in Haiti for a little while, and I was a seventh grade teacher there, and it, I had um, very different groups of students every year, and in Haiti, it was like an elementary school, so I had the same students all day, so um, I loved it because I got to know them. I don't know that they say they would love it, like, all the time, you know, if we didn't get along great, but um, they, um, this class that I had, I think it was, like, my third or fourth year in Haiti, um, they were, they had a lot of energy, like, real rambunctious, real fun class, um, yeah, they had a lot of energy, and so I would teach most of the classes, but um, a couple people would come into my classroom and teach, and so we had Madame Preval, she would come in and teach French because I don't speak French. Um, and then we had Mr. Rob this year would come in to teach Bible. Mr. Rob is like this big man, um, tattoos, and he's like telling them about listening to the Lord. And he's telling them this story about how he was driving in his car one day and all of a sudden he, he heard the audible voice of God telling him to give this woman his car. And, um, he, and he did. He gave her his car. And it was this crazy story. I think it really resonated with the students. And they were um, praying afterwards. And at this time, like, we didn't have COVID and all that stuff. So they were, like, right next to each other, right? So they had two students here, two students here. Their desks are facing each other. And I had a student named Fedline, and she was just so funny, so funny. So, um, Mr. Rob tells this story, and I can't remember if it's like a time of reflection to listen for the Lord, or if it's, if we're just praying, and it's in this quiet moment, and while Mr. Rob's teaching, I'm sitting at my desk, and you know, it's quiet in the classroom, and all of a sudden, we hear this still small voice say, give me your watch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love Fedlene so much, you guys. We 
died. I mean, we were dying. Okay, so we have been in this series called Crazy Faith. And we want our faith to be accessible, but it should look crazy and different. And so today, we're diving into the fact that it's pretty crazy that we have a God who speaks to us. And he speaks to us in many different ways. So one way is through the audible voice of God. Like Mr. Rob heard the audible voice of God tell him to give him his car. Maybe some of you guys in here are like, yeah, you've heard the audible voice of God. Um, I have not. That is not one way I have heard from God. But that is one way that we can. Another way I... Is, is wisdom that's pressed upon our minds and our hearts that just doesn't come from us. Like, you know it doesn't start with you. Like, that couldn't, come, that couldn't have come from me. Another is, is a nudge, like a nudge in a certain direction, okay? So today we're gonna, we're gonna dive into the ways that we hear from God and then how um, following that voice affects our lives. So, to give you guys a few examples from, um, from my life on how I have heard from God. Um, one is, I, I was in my um, fifth year at Kentucky, and I switched majors a few times. So um, I was getting my degree in kinesiology, thought it was gonna be easy, it wasn't. I did get to take workout classes, but anyways. So I had to take medical physiology. Why? I don't know, but I had to take it, and I didn't pass. I did not pass medical physiology. And then I had the opportunity to go to Haiti. Now, medical physiology was the only class I had to finish to get my degree. <laughs> and when the opportunity came to go to Haiti, I like felt this nudge to go. And from the outside, people would say, and did say, um, that I was crazy for leaving with one class left to finish, right? But I felt this nudge from the Lord telling me to go. And so I went. Another time I felt a nudge from the Lord was when I moved back from Haiti. And um, I had a friend that I had met at Kentucky. And we, when I moved back to Cincinnati, we both ended up in Cincinnati at the same time. And so... Um, we started hanging out, it was a guy friend, and we started taking walks by the river, getting to know each other, and you guys, we were so different, like, he did not listen to the music I thought he should be listening to, and he didn't, like, frequent Bible studies every week, but he knew Jesus, and I prayed about it, I talked to friends about it, and I really felt this nudge to step into this relationship. And so I did. And it was really good. And it, we grew up a lot, right? He taught me so much. Fast forward four years later, and we feel the Lord drawing us both into different directions. And we felt the Lord telling us, it's time to walk away. And most people from the outside would say it was crazy because it was a good relationship. It was good but that wasn't what the Lord was telling us to do. We were called to walk away, and so we did. A few just like, 
more recent examples is I was listening to this book series on Audible, and it was, I loved it, and it was one of those ones, it's a Louise Penny, it's like Inspector Gamache, I don't know, anyways, it's a mystery, I've probably talked about it before, and I'm like listening to this audiobook after audiobook, and I get to the next book, and I was driving a lot, so I was listening to him in the car, and I felt the Lord telling me to not listen to it, but to read it, and I was like, this is weird, like, just weird that I would hear that from the Lord, right? And um, I didn't listen. <laughs> I downloaded the next book. I paid $10. wasn't smart. And you guys, it was so crazy. The guy who had read all the previous books had, had passed away. And somebody new was reading this next book, and I couldn't understand them, like, when I was reading it. That was, like, a sweet moment from the Lord. It was like, he actually a little, he cares about these little details, in my life. <laughs> it was crazy. Most recently, I felt the Lord telling me to get a dog. I already have a dog. Um, my mom for sure gave me the feedback that this is not the Lord. Um, <laughs> but no joke, in the, in the two weeks after I felt the Lord tell me to get a dog, I had three people offer me a dog for free. Like no joke, it was the weirdest thing ever. I still haven't gotten a dog yet. It might be happening. We'll see. Okay. But that is how I have, I have felt this nudge from the Lord. That is one way that we can hear the Lord speak. Another way is through prophecy. And we see this in the Old Testament. Um, we see um, prophecy live and active today, right? It's when somebody gets a message um, from God for somebody else. Um, it, it can also be a prediction of what's to come, okay? So this is another way that we can hear the Lord is through prophecy. People praying over us, speaking things over us. We see a lot of prophets in the Old Testament um, predicting what's to come. Okay. All right, so today we are going to start in Luke 1. So if you have a Bible or if you want to get your phones out, um, we're going to start in Luke 1 and... Today, we're going to be looking at the life of John the Baptist. So, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, and um, he had prophecy spoken over his life from the beginning. And so, um, Elizabeth and Zechariah, his, his mom and dad, John the Baptist's mom and dad, um, they couldn't have children. So Zechariah is um, going into the temple, and um, an angel Gabriel, Gabriel shows up and tells him that you're, he's going to have a child. And so when he tells Zechariah this, Zechariah's like, uh, are you sure? Like, we can't have kids. Like, are you sure? And because of that, Zechariah can no longer talk. Like, he can no longer speak until John the, Baptist, John the Baptist is born. And as soon as um, he's born, and there's a little bit of time in between here, but Zechariah can now speak again. He's given words again. And we've heard of, you may have heard of like Mary's song when Jesus was born. There's also Zechariah's song. And so Zechariah's song is, is speaking prophecy over John the Baptist's life. 
And so, this is what it says. And you, my child, be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So this was spoken over John's life from the very beginning. And so I can imagine, like, his parents probably remembered this, right, and spoke this over him. But John the Baptist, if you've heard about him all, him at all, is an odd character, okay? He, he grew up in the desert. He grew up in the desert. They talk about him lead, eating locusts, right? Um, he grew up fasting and praying. Um, it says he, he lived a life devoted to fa- fasting and prayer, And so John the Baptist spoke boldly about the forgiveness of sins, being baptized and the forgiveness of sins that comes along with that. And he also wasn't afraid to call out people's sin. And so he did this with Herod, who was um, a leader at the time, and Herod was not happy about it. He was not happy about being called out, but not only that, he was the, so it was, okay, a little context. We have Herod, Herod's brother, Herod's brother's wife, okay? Well, Herod decided he's going to marry his brother's wife, right? And so John the Baptist called this out and said, this isn't lawful, like this isn't lawful. And so this upset people, this upset them, and Herod threw John into jail, okay? So John is now in jail, and here's what it says. John's disciples told him about everything that Jesus was doing. John calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord. I'm sorry, you guys, we're in John, or we're in Luke 7 now. I jumped a little bit. I'll give you a second. Luke 7, 18 through 35. It says, John's disciples told him about all these things, that Jesus was doing. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And I just want to give a little bit of context here too. Like John the Baptist, I just told you, like he lived a life fasting, praying, um, speaking this message of the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, it, he also lived in the desert, okay, uh, most of his life and spoke in the desert. Over here, Jesus comes and Jesus' life looked vastly different than John's, if you think about it. Jesus was, like, eating and drinking with sinners. He was going to weddings. He was, like, probably having a good time, having fun, right? And oftentimes, like, John would be fasting. Jesus' disciples weren't fasting. And so it's, it's just like there's this contrast, and you can almost imagine why John sends this message that says, like, are you actually the one? Like, are you sure you're him? So, it says, when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? So, John sends his disciples, they go to Jesus, and they ask him this question, like, are you actually the one? And I love this, because Jesus is like, (laughs) they ask him that, and he's like, hold on one second. He says, or he doesn't say, actually, he does. 
At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers. So now he's, he's getting back to them after he's healed all these people. Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus did not meet John's expectations of what he thought he would look like. And Jesus says back to him, like, look at what's happening, but also, like, blessed are you who does not fall on account of me. And so I also want to, like, look in this verse really quick. Um, At verse 21 and 22, it says, Jesus cured many who had diseases and gave sight to many. It doesn't say all. And so there were actually people that would come to Jesus like expecting healing, but he couldn't heal everyone. He did not meet their expectations, right? So John's disciples take this, the healing and and the blessed is he who does not fall on account of me, this cryptic message from Jesus, right? They take that back to John in jail. So that is all that John knew, right, is what his disciples came back with. He's healed many, forgiveness, right, speaking the news to the poor. That's all he took back. So then, after that, he says, after John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among, you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. And John likely never heard this part. So John's like wondering if Jesus is actually the one. He's in jail. He's asking Jesus this question like, are you actually the one? And underneath that question, you guys, it's like, is everything I did to prepare the way for you? Like, is all of that worth it? Or did I just give my life to, to nothing, right? And, and he doesn't hear the second part where Jesus says, like, you did, you, John did his job. He did what he was called to do. He came and he pre- prepared the way for me. And I love when it says, like, all the people who were baptized by John, those are the ones that received Jesus' message, 
Like, he literally set up Jesus to come and to share his story and to share the gospel. Like, he did, he did what he was called to do, but he, he doesn't hear this part of the story. Here's the other crazy thing. Is he died, he was beheaded, before he could see Jesus die and come back to life. And so he lived his whole life. And it's like, was it actually worth it? Like, did I actually do, like, the right thing? Right? After this, it goes on to say, Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played a pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. When I, like, um, say a joke, if it's funny, right, I expect you to laugh, right? Um, (laughs) At least I laugh at myself. I guess that's good. But anyways, um, we expect God to move. We expect God to heal. We are a church that is expectant for God. But here's, um, here's the question I want to ask is, we are expectant for God to move, but what if he doesn't? Will we still follow him? Even if he doesn't, will we still follow him? Jesus healed many, but not all. And blessed are those who do not fall on account of him. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, he's a glutton, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by all her children. The next thing I want us to see here is that Jesus' life looked very different than John's life, but they were both following the call on their life. They were both listening to God's voice. Also, people looked at their lives and they thought they were crazy. Like they thought they were crazy for very different reasons, right? They looked at their lives and they thought they were crazy. So I wanna focus in on um, three things this morning. And so when we listen, when we follow God's voice, there is a cost that comes with that. I am really glad I have a sweet voice because I feel, I'm just like, what God like pressed on my heart this morning, I feel like it's, it's heavy. And um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe that's why God blessed me with this voice for this moment right here. Okay. When you follow God's voice in your life, your life will look radically different than what you thought. I thought by 30, I'm actually older than 30, but um, I would be married with like 10 children, right? That's what we envision as little, as little girls, right? Um, maybe that's different for you, but we all likely had a vision for our life and where it was going. My life looks nothing like that, but it's still really good. Like I feel like I'm where God, God wants me to be. The other thing is, your life will look very different than the world. 
right? I, um, these, I'm sorry, these are my examples because it's just the life that I'm living in, but even like dating will look different than the world. Like the world tells us to live together before we're married and it's okay if you have sex before you're married, right? But that, our lives are gonna look different. We're gonna date different. It's gonna look crazy because it's different than what the world is telling us to do. Your life will also look very different than other believers because the call on your life is, it may be very different than the call on this person's life, right? This person's call might be to speak into the people at like a Fortune 500 company, right? But this person's call is to go and to live in the inner city, inner ministry. Another call is just to to grow your family and to invest in your children. There are so many different calls on each of our lives, and it's going to look different. So we can't look at other people's lives and judge if they're walking in that call. Because we don't know what the Lord is speaking to them. Also, certain things were okay for John. It was different for Jesus. Like, and so there are things that some of us might have to give up. I'm thinking even like drinking alcohol, right? That, that might not be an option for us. But maybe a person can have a drink every once in a while, and that's okay for them. They're, they're, our lives are going to look very different. The second thing, you will have to give up something. You will have to give up something. Maybe it's the American dream. Maybe it is just those expectations of what you thought your life was gonna look like. Maybe I will have to give up marriage. I don't know, that's not promised to me. I love this quote from Jim Elliott. I'm sorry, I didn't put it up here, but it says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Everything that we desire in this world, ultimately, at the end of our lives, it will be gone. Like money, we can pass to our children, but like that even only lasts so long, right? And um, yeah, it, it... even marriage after we're, after when Jesus comes, like that is no more. These things, I'm going to read it again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And we gain a hope that goes beyond this world. And we gain a hope in this life of what's to come. The last thing. You may, this is a hard one never know what part you played in the bigger story. In John's story, we see, like, he didn't know. He wasn't sure. He died not knowing, right? I love this quote from Hamilton. (laughs) I had to throw that in there. You guys know why. Legacy, what is legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. We see this in John the Baptist's life. This will likely be true of our lives if we're following God's voice. We also see this in Hebrews 11. So in Hebrews 11, it's, called, it's typically called the Hall of Faith, right? And it's talking about all these different people who gave their lives for a message or for a promise that they never saw fulfilled. 
It's like Abraham was promised that he would have descendants that outnumbered the stars. He just had to trust that. He never saw that prayer answered. We see Joseph, who um, at the end of his life spoke about the Israelites um, leaving Egypt. And I, <laughs> I think this is so interesting, you guys, but the Israelites were enslaved under Egypt. We flip like a few pages, and Moses is parting the Red Sea, and they're leaving, right? But there were 430 years where the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. Generations died not knowing if that promise was ever going to be fulfilled. It, I mean, if you, I, I, cha- I challenge you to read Hebrews 11 this week. It is like you see over and over people who died never seeing the promise. And all these people also came before Jesus. They trusted, right, that a Messiah was coming, but they never got to see that Messiah. All right. Throughout Hebrews 11, it's talking about all these people that lived lives of faith, and then it says this little piece that I want to touch on. It's Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. It says, all of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. This world... Our time on this world is a small piece in this much larger narrative. And um, one day I was with my nephew Zeke. He was two at the time. So cute. Um, And we were going down by the river. um, And I wanted to go to the the big playground with like the flying pig and all the, the little water activities for the kids. There's even like fountains that the kids can play with and it's really awesome right and Zeke had never been there before and so I was super excited to take him and we started at Friendship Park which is down here because parking's free and so we started there and I you can tell I don't have children because I didn't bring a stroller so like that's a long way for a two-year-old walk I didn't know that at the time anyways figured it out on our way there so I'm like you know like okay, like this is going to take a long time, but we're going to make it, right? And we end up stopping at this small playground um, by the tennis courts, if you're, mil- if you're familiar with the, the river. It's got like a fun little elephant statue. It's got, a, it's really little. It's a really little playground, right? And so we stop there and we're playing and we're there for like five, ten minutes. And I'm like, all right, Zeke, let's go. Like, let's go. And he doesn't want to leave. He's like, this is the coolest thing ever, right? Does not want to leave. And I'm like, all right, Zeke, come on. Like, let's go. I know what's ahead. Like, I know. I know what's coming. Like, I know what's up ahead. And so I'm, like, pushing him to go, pushing him to go. He's not leaving. And I have this moment. I have this moment with the Lord. 
This is like wisdom that comes from God. I was pushing Zeke to go to the big playground because I knew what was up ahead, right? The little playground was all Zeke knew. And isn't that just like our walks with the Lord? It's like we are in the little playground and he's like pushing us and nudging us to like this heavenly place that is so much greater than our world. And such a bigger story than the one we're living in. And you guys, Chris talked about scripture a few weeks ago. He is a God that can be trusted. If you look in scripture, you can see his faithfulness in fulfilling the promises that he has given to past generations. So, the Lord is speaking to us. He is speaking things and pressing us into things that we may not understand. But we can take a step of faith because he is a God who has proved to be faithful. And he is a God who, um, somebody prophesied a Messiah would come and die for us. And we on this side can see that that promise was fulfilled. And so we can do all these hard things because we follow a God who is worth following and who fulfills his promises. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Um, thank you for the ability to look back and see prophecy spoken over people that has come to fruition. And Father, help us to remember, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis, remember, remember, remember the signs. Um, follow or Help us, Father, to remember. And as we do that, help us to see that the cost and the things that we give up on this earth are nothing compared to what you have waiting for us. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for Jesus.